London's Calling. Hey everybody, I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks. Today we have a very interesting episode for you. We are heading to London Town to pull out tips and decor advice and wonderful inspiration from a London townhouse. There are so many takeaways from this home, and so many ideas will come from a close examination of this house. And so we thought we'd put it under the lens and take a careful look with you today. This was Anita's wonderful suggestion for an episode. So Anita, why don't you kick it off for us? Okay, this home is owned by Alice Palmer, who is a designer and a homeowner. Well, I think she didn't even get into design until recently during the pandemic. And now she creates beautiful lampshades, pillows, and other things for her online shop. Uh, It is alicepalmer.co if you want to check it out. And we are going to link to her townhouse, which is featured on houseandgarden.co.uk. So, you know, it'd be great for you to check it out and look at it online so you'll see what we're talking about. But if for some reason you don't want to look at it, I think the tips stand alone and you don't really have to. Wouldn't you agree, Kelly? Oh, yeah. Like always, the tips, the ideas, the inspiration are all going to be standalone. You don't need to have the visuals with you. But if you listen and then later on, head back to the show notes and take a look. If you'd like to do it simultaneously, that would really work too. So it's a 1930s London townhome. And so it is similar to homes on either side of it and probably on the entire block. But the way that Alice Palmer has decorated and tweaked this home, it is so uniquely hers and that of her family. I think the thing that stood out to me the most were the pleated lampshades that are custom made that she sells in her shop. She has them all over her house. They're very unique and they're really beautiful. She has chosen a lot of two color prints that are small prints and some are stripes. And it just has such a striking look. You're not used to seeing that. And so they're really pretty. She has them on lampshades and hanging on the pendants. So I think that's one takeaway. I would say that's the the first takeaway I have from her house. And uh, you can buy them from her shop. They're not cheap. Uh, But also, I think you could get a similar look if you wanted the look of the patterned lampshades. You can look on Etsy. And there's probably a less expensive option to get kind of a similar look for those. Yeah, the uh, the whole vibe of the house is, I think, English country, but it has this modern, fresh feel to it. It's super colorful and a lot of mixed patterns. And yes, these wonderful fabric lampshades, they almost look like 1950s skirts in a way, the way she's That's created right. them. They sort of, you know, they cinch in and then they poof out, as you would imagine a lampshade might do. Uh, absolutely charming. And she does have them all over home. And if I made those, I would probably have them all over my house too. Mm-hmm. But she's got a limited color palette, which is something we talk about all the time. And you see this color palette repeat itself to varying degrees throughout the home. Now, have you heard that tip before, everyone? Yes, you have. (laughs) We talk about both those things all the time. But this is a limited color palette that is a really different selection of colors. Yellow, green, and a terracotta pink. And you would say, wow, okay. But let me tell you. 
It really works. I had seen this and enjoyed this article on my own, probably over a cup of tea or two, uh, I don't know, several months ago when it first appeared in my feed. And then when Anita came up with the suggestion for this episode, lo and behold, this was the London townhome that she selected. So obviously, the look of this home resonated with both of us. And you'll see when you have a look and as you listen, why? Because so many of the things that we talk about are being done in this home in such an interesting way. And it really, really works. Another thing that is a signature of hers besides the lampshades are bold stripes. She seems to really like red and white stripes, which you might think to yourself, well, candy cane, candy striper, whatnot. But no, it really works. She's got these bold stripes and they appear in different places. They'll be in a rug, in a garden stool. And I think there's even a, um, the mantle is even done yes. in red and white. So, now this is something I would probably never do in my home, <laughs> but don't you think you could just move right in there? Anita, she did such a good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see yeah. A thinner red stripe, maybe running in a grain sack fabric that I believe she's got on a sofa somewhere. And I thought to myself, and, and see if you this caught your eye too, Anita. Even the horizontal shelving, I believe, on either side of that mantle, are painted red. So even though it's not a stripe, it reads as a stripe, right? So it creates this flow throughout the whole house, even though there's a, you know almost like a jumble of patterns going on. Because she selected these stripes and she's limited her color palette, it definitely creates the flow. It's full of color. She uses a lot of color, very few neutrals, and lots of pattern, much more pattern than you normally see in an American house. It's not unusual for English country look. But the reason all these patterns work together is because of the pattern, the simplicity factor. She has chosen simple, small prints in typically two colors. And if you're going to use a lot of prints in one room, that's what you want. You want simple two-color prints to go together. If she had chosen big, splashy, multicolor florals, for example, it would not work like this. It's the simplicity of the patterns that make it all work together so beautifully. Yeah, I agree. And I think they mentioned it's a lot of color blocking. So think of it, you know, it's very, that's a simple pattern and it's a smaller scale. And then coupled with the stripes, it's really working beautifully. And there is so much color. And as I mentioned, it's the yellow, the green, and the terracotta pink, which I think is sort of primarily the color. Sure, there's some blue in there and there's differing shades of all those colors and they appear to differing degrees in each room. But it all works like the turmeric entry. You know, you know, I love that that mustardy ochre yellow. Like, oh my gosh! I thought you would love that with the black and white flooring too. That's just right up your alley. It's fantastic, but it's so much uh, sort of uh, I don't want to say fantasy or Alice in Wonderlandy than I would do, but it is kind of, you know, it's just, it's like that next several steps further that I, I don't think I would decorate this way, but I can really appreciate what she's doing. Your eye doesn't feel chaotic. It feels cozy and comfortable and joyful when you look at the pictures of this home. So yeah, if I walked in on a rainy London day into that turmeric painted entryway with the black and white tile flooring, I think I would just be super happy. 
Well, I think one of the reasons these things work too is because the rooms are smaller. And so I feel like it's easier to fill them with all this color and pattern, whereas you have, it just seems to work with the um, English home somehow to me. The foyer is so interesting too. There's a few other things that she did that I think were, were great. She put the hooks on the wall because there isn't a coat closet. So that is a very practical thing. You can hang your coats there. And so that's great for a small entry, especially one that does not have a closet. The other thing I noticed was under the stairs, there were some doors. So she's making use of that uh, storage under the, the stairway as well. And like you said, it's just a very charming look. And then she had the uh, umbrella stand in there as well. So that's a nice thing to put your umbrella in if you if it's been a rainy day and you came in with your umbrella. Yeah, making use of those hidden storage possibilities in really in any size home, I mean, unless you have a giant cavernous basement and garage or and loads and loads of closets, everybody can use a little bit more storage area. So think about places in your home that might just be perfect to open up the wall a little bit, you know, put in a cabinet door instead of just having sheetrock over it. And that's, you know, obviously what they did there. If it if it hadn't been like that before, it's pretty simple renovation. And in my former home, it was really for the girls to have sort of a clubhouse. Um, my older daughter had what probably was the original master bedroom in the house. And then there was a, another bedroom and bathroom, which was then the new master built on at some point. The house was built in the 1930s, so similar time frame to the home we're talking about today, but not a townhome. So what we did is picture a master bedroom with the two traditional small closets, you know, just kind of like not a walk-in at all, just with the rod. So she had two closets like that. So I thought there's got to be empty space in between them. So we opened them up and sure enough, there was all this space because the closets were separated probably by maybe seven feet of wall. So I made a clubhouse for them when they were little. So you could go in the one closet and then we decorated. It was pink and purple and all this stuff. And then as they got older, when we still lived in that house, that closet area became a giant walk-in closet for my older daughter. I even had a desk in there uh, where she could do her homework and then that turned into a vanity and then ultimately we moved on. So I don't know what the people did with it that bought the house, but it was a great use of space even if you were just going to use it for some storage because it was easy to get in and out of. Um, it, was, it was a slanted ceiling, but I could stand up in there. So so think about wow. in your room. Yeah. What a great idea. Oh, it was so fun. They used to have their friends over and you hear them giggling in that. And we had a little tiny chandelier from Target and a beanbag chair and a little bookshelf and all their, you know, so whatever. So how deep was it? It must have been kind of deep then. Yeah, it was pretty deep. It was probably about six, seven feet deep. Oh, Wow. Okay. Worked out for people that were like three and five, then five and seven, then seven and nine. And then we kind of transitioned out of the clubhouse. But (laughs) getting back to the London townhouse, think about places in your own home like that Alice did and carving out that place under the staircase. What a great spot for a basket of mittens or gloves or the vacuum cleaner or something. Yes, I think that's a great idea. I mean, there's so many tips in this house which is why I really wanted to talk about this. Another thing that she did in another room, and I think this would be what they would call a snug, which is a small, cozy room uh, in in the UK. She has two different sofas, but they're slip-covered in different fabrics. 
but they're both simple blue and white fabrics, but each one is different from the other one, but it just works together because that is the theme of the house is lots of prints. So it makes sense uh, together and it just looks beautiful. And then, you know, so she made uh, use of a lot of slip covers. Her, her sofa in the in the keeping room where the kitchen and living room are, that also is a slip cover. So I'm wondering if she sewed all those herself. Oh, probably. I think when she started her business, it was just her making all the things. And then, you know, she started hiring a seamstress and whatnot when she started selling things. So it's a wonderful story in and of itself, how she started creating these beautiful textiles and then had a business from it. So go for it, Alice. We're, we're cheering you on here from the United States. I loved the bed canopy idea too. Again, something simple, something that she DIY'd. So it's a frame, a simple wooden frame on the wall over the bed to which she stapled fabric. Hello? You know, couldn't, couldn't be easier, right? And if you picture it, sort of a three-sided rectangle jutting out from the wall, you could just staple fabric on the two shorter ends, and then you may even just be able to swag something over the the longer part in the center and then let those extra pieces come down then to hang over hiding the staples and that swaggy part would cover the the beam of wood in the front. I did something similar uh, at our previous house, so I love that look. Another thing I wanted to mention is that most of the woodwork is not painted white. No, so in, in that there's main hardly room, any white there. <laughs> the main room, uh, the trim is black. In the bathroom, the trim is green. And then one of the bedrooms, there's a peach windows or doors to the outside. So it's full of color. I mean, that is definitely a theme here. And I think if you're going to have all this color, it's fun to have the trim painted. Uh, some cheery colors. And another thing that makes it, I think, so cheery is that she's really made use of a lot of real plants in the house throughout. And I think that also gives it just a very cheerful feel, especially on a cold, cloudy day. I love that she's made use of that fifth wall, which we also talk about often, is the ceiling. The ceiling is painted colors. One of the rooms that I think is one of her children's rooms, the ceiling is painted in green and white stripes. And you have to see the room. It really works. It looks fantastic. It's a tiny little room with varying shades of green in there. But it is just so darling. And how fun if you're a little baby and you're looking up at the ceiling and you're not just seeing a white ceiling. Yeah. And one room she has, it looks like kind of a star shape around the pendant light with the shade, of course. Yes. So, I mean, that's great to add. That's such a great place to add more design elements to your room. Don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend? Well, we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today. And let them know your friends at DTT sent you. Okay, I'm kind of a clean freak. But there's one part of my home that I haven't given a lot of attention. It's the air quality. And I'm learning that poor indoor air quality can impact everything from sleep to allergies to mold growth. So to improve the cleanliness of the air that you're breathing in your home, turn to April Air. April Air combines innovation and practical science to create professional-grade indoor air quality solutions that help you breathe easy in your home. The April Air Healthy Air System is right for any home in any climate. This system combines fresh air ventilation, air filtration, humidity control, radon mitigation, zoning, 
and control all into one solution. It provides comfort and protection from pollutants, viruses, and other contaminants, and can even protect your home from damage like wood warping and mold. Get the best protection for your home and your family with April Air. April Air is healthy air. So for more information on April Air indoor air quality solutions and the April Air healthy air system, visit www.aprilair.com slash DTT. That's April Air, A-P-R-I-L-A-I-R-E.com slash DTT. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Are you stuck focusing on the problems rather than finding the solutions when you're faced with life's challenges? But when you find your own solutions, there is no better feeling. And a therapist can help you become a better solution finder and problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals no matter how big or small. An experienced therapist can really help you craft a solution to any problem you're facing and get you on the road that you want to be on. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better solution crafter and problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash DTT today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DTT. I want to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space, we are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon. So to go with this feel of kind of this pulled together elements, kind of this curated look of a lot of things that don't match, she continued that to the kitchen table where she used different chairs there so they don't all match. And I think that adds to that feeling of just kind of a fun, don't take this too seriously kind of room. Absolutely. And you can't have a just a couple of rooms like this and then another room that's all neutral and matching. It would just feel like that room didn't belong in the same house. Like, if you're doing this, you got to go all the way. You know, I don't think there's any dipping in to this, right? You like <laughs> no. you take this pattern and you go with it. And that's exactly what she did. And I mean, she really hit it out of the park because it reads casual. It reads unconsidered. But in fact, this was a greatly considered home, right? And put together with such care and such personality, which is a thing that we want to emphasize as well for everyone to do in their own home. Personalize it. Add your touch to it. Add pictures of your family. She's got portraits of her husband and her daughter. She's got things that resonate with them. I think it's overused, but it is sort of true. If you love something, you're going to be able to work it in. And she obviously loves a lot of things because <laughs> she's worked a lot of things in, but it, it's the results are terrific. So true. Another thing I wanted to point out is that she does have three sources of light. She's got the lampshade, she's got pendant lights from the ceiling, and then they put in skylights. 
So I know we talk about a lot of different sources of light. She definitely has those in spades. And another thing that she did that we talk about is above a sofa, you don't want some lonely little 8 by 10 picture because it's just going to be too small for the space or maybe even two or an 11 by 14. She has eight botanical prints of ferns and I can't really tell what else. It may all be ferns above the sofa. And this looks beautiful and it fills the space. The artwork is about the width of the sofa, which is what you want it to be if you can. So that just works beautifully. And it's much cheaper and often than buying one large piece of art. Yes. And the ferns, the botanicals, then sort of emphasizing the green again on the wall. It's really great. There are so many different shades of green in the kitchen, in the bedrooms, all over the place. I think my favorite green in the house is, I think it's in one of the bathrooms and it's uh, on the wainscoting mm-hmm. and it's the breakfast room green. It's just beautiful. That's the name of it. It's kind of like a jadeite green. It's really, really a beautiful green. And another thing about the the wainscoting, like I mean, if you think, oh, stripes, like I'm not really a stripes person, but I love the way she used the stripes. And it doesn't have to just be a striped pattern. Like I said before, with the horizontal bookshelves, because they were then painted in a contrasting color, painted in the red, they read like stripes. The wainscoting in this bathroom reads like stripes because that's the way the wood is cut and routed. So, you know, it's this, it's subtle in some of the places. It's not, everything's not a red and white stripe on a fabric or a pillow. Sure, there is that too. And she creates these striped pillows. So obviously she loves stripes, but then she's repeating this sort of motif of the stripe everywhere. Again, just creating that flow. There's also a brilliant use of paneled mirrors in this home. Yes. Yes, right? Creating the illusion of a window. Love paneled mirrors. Anita had one in her collection Mm -hmm. of uh, soft surroundings, which I was lucky enough to get one. And it's in my master bathroom. And I love that. I have it opposite, sort of mm, diagonally opposite from the window in our bathroom. And it does reflect what's going on outside. So it does kind of feel like another window. And then I have those in the barn outside in the outdoor family room. And I put a set of three of those in our gym when we changed the garage over to a gym during COVID. So I can link the ones that I have. The last three I have purchased from Amazon, they look very similar to the ones that I purchased at Ballard. Uh, the Ballard one is was much more expensive. And these are gorgeous. And they even have the little like metal flower. It's a very subtle flower um, sort of shape where the panes meet. And that's very similar to what goes on in the Ballard one. So at a much lower price point. So I will link that in the show notes. Another thing that she did to go with all of these simple patterned fabrics is she used some Suzanne prints. And if you go on Etsy and just put in Suzanne, you'll see what I'm talking about. They're beautiful embroidered fabrics. And so she had some pillows made out of that fabric. And then she also used one as a table cover. Now, the other thing I wanted to point out is that to add more color to the room, because I think she's all about the color, is she painted a lot of, I assume she's the one that did it, a lot of the furniture in this main room is painted green. The coffee table is green. 
and there is, I think, a chest, a chest that's green and a side table that's green. So she did not waste any space on just a boring, uh, unpainted wood. She's got color everywhere, and she's repeating her patterns, like you said, Kelly, with the red stripe on the fireplace, with the red stripe on the garden stool that she used as a riser for a plant. So there's definitely a repeat of pattern and of theme throughout the house. Then as you go up to what I assume is the second floor where the bedrooms are, same color palette, but a little calmer. Uh, softer shades of the same color waves are used in the bedrooms. And that is really effective too. Obviously, it's nicer to have maybe some calming colors, certainly in the master bedroom, a little more soothing. and But still bringing in the same palette, but just a little bit more muted. So it all has the flow from upstairs to downstairs. She also layered rugs like we like to do with a flat woven rug on top of a sisal in one room. I see she loves flat woven rugs, which are my very favorite rugs, and she's used those throughout her home. And I think that adds so much to the home. And she even went with a pattern on the backsplash in her kitchen. So she did not waste any space on white or anything plain. She has added pattern and color just about everywhere. Yeah, it's a beautiful home. I think you're all going to enjoy it. And it sort of brings to life so many of the tips that we're we're giving to you. And I think, um, I don't want to speak for Anita, but I feel like when she read this piece and saw these photos, she's like, oh my gosh, yes, we talk about that. We talk about that. And here it is. And so how fun would that be to discuss this particular space on the podcast and sort of bring our tips to life in this very unique way way with this very joyful color palette. So I hope everybody enjoyed this type of episode. If you did, let us know, drop us an email and let us know. And we could then come up with other homes that we could run through and see how our tips are then coming to life in those spaces. So Anita, what are we defining today? Today, we're defining a Chesterfield sofa. And that is a sofa with rolled arms that the same height of the back. So a traditional Chesterfield is upholstered typically in dark leather, and it's got deep button tufting all over and nail head trim. So modern versions are often upholstered in velvet, and they have taller legs and slimmer backs and arms. But the thing that remains the same is that the arms are the same height as the back, and usually they're tufted. But I thought that would be a fun thing to define today because I think of it as being a very English piece of furniture. Oh, me too. I actually did a blog post many years ago on Chesterfield. I think it was when I was doing my 101 series and sort of defining or explaining different things. So I can dig that up and link it in the show notes as well. Oh, that'd there, be great. Yeah, there are a lot of images of different types of Chesterfields and whatnot. My crush today is a podcast, and some of you may listen to it or at least heard about it. It's a very popular podcast. It's 99% Invisible, and it is hosted by Roman Mars, who I think has a voice like bourbon and hot fudge combined. He has the most amazing voice. And I listened to this podcast, 
I would say occasionally when a title or a topic really seems to resonate with me, and this one in particular did, the one that I'm going to talk about as my crush today. But in general, 99% Invisible is premised upon the idea that design is everywhere. And it lives, most importantly, in the places that we may have stopped noticing. So 99% Invisible sort of explores the process of design and architecture, but I would say that's pretty loose, you know, based on some of the topics. They have a lot of, lot of episodes, but they're always pretty interesting when I do tune in. And I loved this one. It's episode 499, and the title is Say Aloe to My Little Frond. And it's the history and and fondness and fascination of people and houseplants and how oh. houseplants fit into design. So well, someone's so actually pertinent. researched all of that. <laughs> wow. I am sharing a podcast also today, but very different. This one is called Defiant Health with Dr. William Davis. And have you heard of the book Wheat Belly? No. Okay. Well, it's a number one New York Times bestseller. Okay. Wheat Belly. He's a MD cardiologist, and he shares real truth about based on research about what you really need to do for your heart and cardiovascular health and other things that you really need for your health that a lot of doctors don't seem to be familiar with, like your microbiome and eating fermented foods. So he talks a lot about that and cholesterol and a uh, lot of misconceptions and the assumptions that were made into all those cholesterol tests and the real truth about what's best for your heart. So it is very fascinating. And he's a real a great resource for valuable information that you really can't find a lot of places. Excellent. Okay. So for your home and for your heart today. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. <laughs>